I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. to the Inspired Evolution and it is such a treat to be here today. For the second time round, we've got David O'Brien. David, how are you, brother? Hey, Amrit. How are you? Yeah, it's great to, great to be back again. I've really enjoyed the last time. So yeah, I'm, uh, I'm looking forward to, to having a chat and um, hopefully parting on some good information to your listeners. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that is so <laughs> humble of you. I have to say, um, the last episode is one that I've listened to many times over and um, I just Thank wanna- you reiterate to everybody as well it's probably going to be an episode that you know you want to want to listen to uh, a couple of times um even the last episode like at different parts of my health journey in over the past year i've listened back to the episode and i've picked up different things throughout um listening to it certain aspects of gut health certain aspects of you know like uh the neurochemistry that i have and you know what are the factors that all play in together to my health and well-being and i think the biggest takeaway for me over and over again every time i listened to it was that classical reminder that about um, monotherapy being complete bullshit. So <laughs> I yeah, really yeah. respect the space you hold in that. Um, so for those listening in, there is another episode for David um, that you're please, please, please do check out. And uh, I think uh, for those listening in for the first time, Dave basically is the uh, co-founder, founder of um, Fifth Element Wellness. Yeah, co-founder. Yep. Yeah. Um, yeah of fifth element wellness and it comes from a background in uh i guess basically strength training um but that is such a small uh like light in the prism of really what he does um it's even holistic wellness is you know this is as holistic as it gets in my humble opinion um and it's way beyond wellness it's health and life it's 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 everything so it's been a real treat to have had you on the podcast um especially a lot of people that have come to me looking for advice in and around this space um it's been really useful tool to refer them 
to you, um, but also um, listening into the episode. Just every time I refer someone to the episodes, it's an impetus for me to sort of check in. And I just keep reiterating how much value I got in that episode. So thanks for being here today, bro. Yeah, no, uh, thanks for having me. And uh, as I said, like maybe maybe there might be some some new things that people pick up on. I mean, yeah, I think you touched on some some you know, really valid points for me. So, you know, we are called Fifth Element Wellness and we sort of are based on like five fundamental aspects that we believe is the key to optimal health and getting the most out of your body, um, you know, and aspects uh, like strength, yeah, okay? Like, you know, if I touch on that really quickly because I don't want to go too much down the training realms, but imagine if I've got like a, like a muscle fiber here, okay? Yeah. And the key fundamental, like, Strength is like the seed. So you want to plant the seed so you can build all the, uh, just watch it grow and, and let all the other fundamental things build around it. Yeah, okay. And um, the whole thing, if I've got that muscle fiber, the key thing that I want to develop first is like mass and strength. Mm. Okay. So that's strength. Yeah, okay. So once I've developed mass and strength in that muscle fiber, now within that fiber, I can recruit more motor unit pools within that muscle fiber. And so that might be aspects like speed and power and, and explosiveness and all these types of things. Unfortunately, what we've got now is like people want to skip steps. So they don't want to develop mass and strength in the fiber. They just want to go maybe do something like F45 where it's straight to shock training uh, and, you know, and plyometrics and all these because it's quick and easy but guess what? Like you need to develop that. You need to plant the seed first. You need your foundations. So you can actually recruit the fibers. So you can actually recruit the motor unit pools. So you can actually perform those movements under a safer realms. Yeah. So, so does stretching fit know, into one of those motor unit pools or is stretching? Uh, sorry, repeat that, Amra. Is stretching falling into one of those motor unit pools or is, is stretching slightly different? Yeah. I mean, look, the, the whole thing is if I'm just like, abiding by stretching and like because we're talking about aspects within that stretching like flexibility mm. and mobility and mm. once again that depends on the individual a lot of yep. people tend to, to focus on getting more you know elasticity through the muscles and so and i'm not saying people don't have that problem but yep. most people really struggle more with mobility yeah um, and so that might be something like like lubrication of the joints you know, whether that's things like hyaluronic acid and synovial fluid and all these types of things. And, and, and that, that's not just down to movement. That's not just down to doing the right movement patterns. It's also a case that they most likely don't have the building blocks that, mm -hmm. that, that they actually require for good synovial fluid and hyaluronic acid production. Because once again, movement's great. Yeah, okay. But if you don't have the building blocks allowing you to get better lubrication and so forth, well, that's going to be a fundamental issue as well. So mm. I think, you know, it just depends on the individual. A lot of people just put too much focus on flexibility alone. Yep. You know, I tend to find people are just, they're not, they're, it's just a bit of a combination. Yeah. They're not very mobile, but they're also not very strong. Yeah. Okay. And they're not very strong under movement. Yeah, okay. Mm. And that's the thing, like most of the time we're sort of, moving in these linear patterns all the time mm -hmm. yeah where you look at the human body and we're actually built to complexity you look at the spine which is the hub of the central nervous system mm. well you look at the facet joints they sort of sit on on top of each other especially in areas like the thoracic and the cervical spine which means they're really built for articulation and once we start getting more 
articulation through there. We're getting better blood flow. That helps with things like what blood cell production. That actually helps with, in particular, red blood cells because you've got a lot of vertebrae there. So you're producing a lot of things like red marrow, yellow marrow. And so that helps with things like platelets and their transporters. So, yeah, that, that, you know, I tend to find um, a lot of the time it's just, we're not we're not moving to complexity, and that can because that's the sub of the, the the hub of the central nervous system. That also helps with stimulation of the brain as well, and it helps with areas like the base of the brain, like the the, the locus coeruleus or the blue spot, and that actually helps with well what we call like norepinephrine production, and that helps with focus and concentration. I guess my point is, you can see the body just works in this like beautiful synergy, mm-hmm. and a lot of the time we've just tried to you know, isolate a particular pathway or a cell. And I'm not, you know, I think that's amazing science and I really admire it and so forth. But, you know, look at it, but then pull back from it and then look at the big picture because, you know, if you're just trying to, you know, manipulate pathways and all these types of things, well, yeah, it might fix that pathway, but then maybe it puts, you know, something out in the chain. Do you know what I mean? So we also look at, uh, you know, movement and mobility um they're really important for us and then you know look at aspects like detoxification and you know that doesn't need to be too complex but more for me detoxification a little bit of the unknown with detox is that detoxification starts in the gut and it finishes in the gut Mm. so the reality is like we've been putting all this emphasis on the liver and the liver is really the middleman and i'm not too worried about the liver because it, it regenerates like, super well. Yeah, it re- <laughs> yeah, regenerates amazingly well. And everyone's going to take, you know, do lemon detoxes and this cleanse and that cleanse and all this focus on like overloading the liver. And I'm just saying, well, don't worry about the liver, okay? Because most of the time the liver is sort of like enzymes and all these types of things might be out that actually help with detoxification because the, actually the problem is upstream, yeah, mm. okay? And you, like you look at things like, um, you know, there's there's all these different cells that line the line the gastrointestinal tract. You know, and one of the sort of major uh, cells, like mucosal cells, where we actually help to sort of assimilate things like uh, polysaccharides and peptides and all these things that are make you know help us with energy. Yeah, really okay. um, yeah, like like uh, like these enterocytes. Yeah, okay, which were one of the major sort of cells that line the mucosal lining in the small intestine, they actually play a major role in detoxification. About 25% of detoxification takes place place in your digestive system. They also help with like antigen response and they also allow um, when, an- when like antigen response is taking place, the activation of T cells or our immune system. You know, like you, you've heard me like talk about like we're sort of underestimating the importance of the, um, of the gastrointestinal tract. And I just sort of say, well, you know, the liver most of the time is copying it because, you know, phase one liver detoxification and that first stage of uh, detoxification is just not really happening very efficiently in the gut. And guess what? That sort of phase three, you know, where it's sort of getting finished off in the gut, that's also not functioning that well because, you know, the gut lining has just been compromised so much. And as I said, there's, there's so many of these different cells you look at something like the goblet cells, where the goblet cells actually help with the production of mucin, yeah, okay, which means it's like a protective lining, okay, that actually, you know, that's part of our immune system, okay? So you, you think about it, if I start deteriorating the structure of this lining, because the goblet cells are just sort of scattered throughout, you know, like uh, 
most of the mucosal lining in the gastrointestinal tract and so forth. Yeah, okay. Mm. But if I start, um, you know, uh, compromising the structure of this gut lining, well, just think about how many complications are going to start to arise. Not just detoxification, but it's your immune system, it's your ability to assimilate micronutrients yeah. and macro molecules and all these types. Of, and guess what? then that's also going to start to affect things like your hormones and your neurotransmitters. The, the, the analogy I like to use lately is I just, it's a little bit like imagine a waterfall mm. and imagine the top of the waterfall is the actual structure of food. So the particular molecular structure of food. Yeah. Okay. So this is one of the most important things that the structure of food that we're putting in our body is as it should be so that the body can can deal with the particular bacteria in it and we've got like you know your, your microbiome is so complex and mm-hmm. is responsible for so many biochemical reactions in the body and the production of neurotransmitters and the production of hormones and all these types of things yeah okay um so yeah imagine that top of the waterfall so the structure of food is is vital yeah okay but then also when we put the food in what areas got to assimilate this and that's sort of like the middle section of the waterfall, okay? Because for me, that's the, you know, the stomach, the small intestine, the large intestine, because this is where assimilation takes place, yeah, okay? Yep. And once assimilation takes place and you're, at, you're able to, um, you know, break down the macromolecules into singular, singular molecules, like things like um, amino acids and lipids and glucose molecules and so forth, which essentially they're, they're fuel for the cells, and your mitochondria, it's, like, it's just like this perfect sort of synergy and, uh, in the human body. Yeah, okay. Well, if assimilation is broken, then guess what? For, further down the waterfall, things that are at the bottom of the waterfall, like, you know, protein compounds and hormones, because, you know, hormones are just, you know, you've got uh, peptide hormones and you've got uh, like we call steroidal hormones, which means they derive from, proteins and and lipids and fats yeah okay well they're down the bottom of the waterfall yeah okay and even things like your brain chemical your brain chemicals yeah okay um you know like neurotransmitters and so forth because they they derive from things like proteins amino acids and also lipids as well yeah okay so if we had some sort of problem with the waterfall yeah okay and i said to you amrit i want you to find out what the problem is in the waterfall would you go to the base of the waterfall and then start hanging out there trying to find out where the problem was? Well, you'd find a whole bunch like, of stuff that was, yeah. Yeah, like, and, and so the thing is, like, if I want to find out why the waterfall is not flowing properly, I'm not going to go to the bottom. I'm going to go to the top. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Mm. I'm going to find out like, so the quality of what I'm putting in my body is not good. And also the area that's got to assimilate it is broken. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Um, and, 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 you know, and, and as I said, all these different types of cells and things like penis cells, and they're really important for like our immune system and, you know, uh, and, and all these types of aspects. And when that structure is broken, it just becomes this huge cascade effect where the waterfall now all of a sudden doesn't flow very well. Yeah, okay. So another big factor for us at Fifth Element is looking at gut health. Yeah, okay. And, you know, uh, nutrition. So what's the quality of the food like that you're actually putting into your body? Yeah, okay. And then the other thing is stress management. Yeah, okay. So that's a big one for us um, because the reality is, and I talk about this all the time, you know, if I'm not managing my stress properly, yeah, okay, and that might be, you know, mechanisms such as meditation and restorative yoga and even, you know, unfortunately, like, you know, just dealing with your emotions as well, yeah, okay, and trying to practice more positive emotions, yeah, okay, so more things like, you know, care and compassion and appreciation and gratitude because those four emotions sort of govern the the you know the hard to hard to brain access yeah okay and also we know that more positive emotions like this they actually help with the gut lining mm. and they actually help with protective elements in the gut lining like things like secretory IGA I always mention that in most podcasts I do because the secretory IGA is it's an immunoglobulin yeah okay so it's a, a particular molecule that is actually really abundant in saliva so wherever you've got things like you know, snot and tears and mucus where you've got to understand you've got a huge amount of mucus that lines the gastrointestinal tract and especially the small intestine. And the way to sort of explain secretory IgA is it's a little bit like the venous flytrap. So it's sitting at the top of the mucosal cell, yeah, okay, and it's trapping in things like pathogens and bad bacteria and so forth. So you want to know it's basically your body's natural vaccination. Mm. That's your, that's that's your immunology. That's your that's your body's, you know, um, basically your body's vaccine. Okay, mm. and so we know that that mucosal lining and so forth gets deteriorated through negative emotions like fear and anger, and you know stress and you know uh, whatever whatever that might be. You know those negative emotions. We actually know through science that actually starts to. De- deteriorate your secretory IgA levels, okay, which means your mucosal lining is deteriorating, okay, and then guess what? Is that going to affect assimilation? Of course it is, okay, which means you're going to struggle. It just becomes like this huge cascade effect in the body where you're going to struggle to assimilate, you know, um, particular micronutrients, so things like vitamin B6, okay, and then the irony is like because vitamin B6 is needed for so many metabolic and enzymatic process in the body is just like ridiculous yeah 
you know, and I need it to actually help with the, cause it's a cofactor. I need it to help me, help me with the production of things like glutathione and glutathione is like the master antioxidant in the body. Okay. Mm. That actually helps with phase one and phase two liver detoxification, but it also helps my ability to, um, you know, help to de- detoxify from particular uh, germ spores and byproducts and all these types of things. So, so the, the thing is, and you don't assimilate these micronutrients properly. And then the irony is that I need things like B6 because B6 actually helps with the mucosal cell. It's one of the key ingredients that I need for the integrity of the mucosal cell. I'm sort of like playing devil's advocate here a little bit because, you know, and that's why I'm so big and I think I've spoken to you about this before. I'm like micronutrient therapy, okay? Yeah. Like, and I'll just use like another example, like vitamin C, yeah, okay? So with, once again, without going too far down the rabbit hole, but I might, yeah, okay? Mm. But, you know, a lot of people have got things like, you know, problems with like blood glucose management. They've got things like insulin resistance. And the whole thing is if I've got elevated blood glucose levels, which I'm going to tell you most of the people I deal with, they do, then that means even though I might be eating good quality foods that have vitamin C, then vitamin C doesn't get uptaken in the cell properly because I've got elevated blood glucose levels. You know, mm-hmm. So sometimes it can be ridiculous people taking these vitamin C tablets that have and got just like high amounts of glucose and all these types of things. But then the thing is, like vitamin C plays a role in so many, you know, because it's a cofactor as well, yeah, okay, mm. plays a, a role in so many uh, particular enzymatic processes and so forth. But once again, guess what? You need vitamin C because it actually helps with the repair and um, uh, replenishment of collagen. And collagen is like your connective tissue. Okay, but I also need vitamin C because it plays a major role in the synthesis of your white blood cells. Okay, so you know it actually helps with my immune system. But just just think about it: if I if I'm not getting enough out of my nutrition, and also I've got elevated blood glucose levels, yeah, then there's there's a fair point to say that my vitamin C, you know, stores and my vitamins because vitamin C also helps with catecholamines. It actually helps with things like cortisol and you know epinephrine like adrenaline so you actually need it to actually help with your stress hormones and so forth so once again let's play devil's advocate and if i'm stressed out all the time and so forth yeah would it be fair to say that i'm putting a huge amount of pressure on my vitamin c stores now guess what yeah okay that's going to come at a cost to things like collagen connective tissue yeah okay that's going to come at a cost to things like my white blood cells because you know i need people to understand the bot the body is not like a like an accountant so as I was sitting there and just going calculating and going, yeah, 10% you get, here, um, 10% there. Yeah, you, you get 5%. <laughs> like, don't go over. So if, you're, if you go over, then you're not getting any more. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Or like I'm going to give you 20%. Like, because you've got to understand in the moment in time, for me, there's like three major responses in the body mm. that just gotta, they've just got to take um, priority. They've just got to take priority. Yeah, okay. And... Um, if I look at it, you know, and, and I talk to people about this all the time, one is stress response. Yep. Okay. Like, and I always use this example. If I'm sitting here and I'd probably be eating something like a sardine salad, that might not tickle everyone's fancy, but for me, it's pretty good. Okay. Yep. But I, if I'm sitting here eating a sardine salad and some guy comes charging at me from across the road uh, with a knife, what's more important, me sitting here digesting the sardine salad or dealing with the guy with the knife? Well, of course. That's stress response because 
if I don't deal with that stress response, what could the end result be? The end mm. result could be death potentially. Sure. Yeah. Okay. So the, the, the body's going to speed up, you know, it's almost like gastric dumping where it just goes, well, we can eat again later. Okay. Mm. Because as soon as that stress response happens in the, in the brain where you're producing, producing more corticotropin releasing hormone, that particular stress hormone tells the digestive system and in, in particular, it downregulates a hunger hormone called ghrelin. Yep. Yeah. Okay. And that means you're just not hungry anymore. And that's why when people go, well, I like to intuitive eat and all this sort of stuff. And I go, yeah, but understand intuitive eating comes when you've realigned a lot of things in the body, like your microbiome, like your, like the mucosal cells and your gastrointestinal tract. Yeah. Okay. And once, once you've done the work, then yeah, there's, there's room to say that you can intuitive eat, but if you're under stress all the time and so forth, well, guess what? Your, your appetite is being artificially suppressed. Mm. Okay. And then that comes at a further cost because if I downregulate something like ghrelin, okay, well, ghrelin actually helps with the secretion of growth hormone. And so that's my ability to repair and recover. And you see, uh, the only reason I bring up these things, Amber, because people just need to understand cascade because we just look at one thing and we just go, yeah, it just does that. Well, probably not. It probably does this, 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 this. So, mm. so as soon as we take that piece of the jigsaw puzzle out, well, guess what? The jigsaw puzzle is not complete. Yeah. Does that make sense? So, Absolutely. Yeah, so, so, so that stress response has to be prioritised in that moment in time. Yeah, okay. Which means for me to, to, to respond to that stress response, is it going to take energy from the body to do that? And where's that energy going to come from? Well, it's going to come from key essential building blocks like amino acids, like micronutrients, yeah, okay? Because it's also going to come down to ATP, which is adenosine triphosphate, okay? Mm -hmm. Which is what fuels your mitochondria, what fuels your, because we are energy. Yeah, okay. but but that stress response means i'm going to need more nutrients mm. yeah okay and i'm going to deplete more things like magnesium and zinc you know zinc's real really an important uh micro mineral that actually helps with things like the the mitochondria and actually helps with things like like energy yeah okay but you're going to deplete it if i'm having that response all the time yeah, okay and also you're going to deplete things like cholesterol Okay, because now I've got to produce more things like stress hormones and so forth. So it, we can respond to that stress response, but understand we have to take from the body to do that. Mm. Yeah. And, and then my, a little bit of my argument is we're sort of taking, but then we don't give back. Yeah. Okay. And, and, then that, and then because the area. And again and, and again and again and again as well. And, and, and constantly. Yeah. Okay. Mm. And that's, you know, I've spoken to you about this before and like, People love things like fasting and yep. all this type of stuff. And I'm a big advocate of fasting because there's a, there's a huge amount of benefits for it, but it works in conjunction with food, yeah. Yeah, okay? Because when we're actually giving our body the correct nourishment and so forth to actually help with you know things like the mucosal cells and to help with the brain and all this sort of stuff, yeah, okay? then because we've got the reserves and the stores and all this type of stuff, that allows fasting to do its job now. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. They work in conjunction, but now you got people going. Well, they're malnourished. They've got gastrointestinal issues, and they go, "I'll just fast." Mm. Yeah. And I'm just like, just just understand, fasting is a stress on the body. So potentially, you might just be taking more of the macromolecules and the micronutrients that your body actually requires because it's under a huge amount of stress. Yeah, stressed out by. 
Does that make sense? And then Absolutely. like you look at you look at things like so that's one factor. And mm-hmm. the other factor that sort sort of goes along with that is like blood glucose management. Okay. Yeah. So because if I'm stressed, then I then I have to produce blood glucose. Yeah, okay. Mm-hmm. Which means I'm gonna um, you know, actually ask the pancreas, yeah, okay, to produce things like glucagon to raise my blood glucose levels because now I need energy to respond to the stress response. Does that make sense? Yeah, okay. But also people need to understand that one of the you know, most important uh, functions is that, it, is that I also regulate my blood glucose levels, yeah, okay? You know, because if I don't regulate my blood glucose levels, what's going to happen? They're going to drop extremely low. You could potentially slip into a coma. And what could the end result be? Once again, it potentially might be death, yeah, mm. okay? And understand if I'm always putting the, this because it's actually stress that actually puts some of the most negative response on blood glucose. Right. Yeah, I'm not like, yeah, I'm not even taking into account food. Yeah. Okay. Because after I do a training session, my blood glucose levels will probably drop one to two hours after doing a training session. Now that's quite similar to me being stressed out. Correct. Mm. Okay. Which means if I'm stressed out all the time, then there's a good chance that my blood glucose levels are probably going to drop roughly close to about four to five hours. Yeah, right. okay. And that's not even taking into account food and taking into account food, which means you're going to call on a process called gluconeogenesis, which is a metabolic pathway that we have developed over evolution to help us during periods of starvation. And that means right. you're going to call on cortisol. And guess what? That means it needs to take glycogenic amino acids, like things like glutamine and arginine is going to have to take from your nitrogen pools, your amino acid pools to actually to, to elevate your blood glucose levels so mm. that you can deal with the stress response. So that it's got to take to, to, to help that response happen. That Does that make sense? Yeah. So what, and my, and my question would be to people, but what are you doing to replenish that? Because otherwise the body is just going to constantly take. Does that make sense? So mm-hmm. regulation of blood glucose is really important. And then, the other one is like antibody response. So actually fighting off bacteria that may be attacking your cells. Now, why is that so important? Because potentially if we just allow, you know, some of these opportunistic and secondary infections and so forth to attack your cells, well, the end result might be disease, correct? Uh-huh. So you might get things like autoimmune diseases and cancer and so forth. But for, for me to respond to that antibody res- response means I'm going to go through things like cellular activation, which means I'm going to stimulate things like white blood cells. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then people just have this perception that it's okay. My body can just produce white blood cells forever. Yeah. Okay. Well, like everything has got to come from somewhere. Correct. Yeah. Okay. And if you look at stem cells, which actually help with the production of red blood cells and white blood cells, what, what actually happened, what, what actually helps with the structure of stem cells was actually vitamin A. Mm. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And vitamin A, you know me, I'm big on things like organ meats and slow cooked meats. And, and, you know, I want to stress to people, I'm not big on lean meats. Okay. Mm. And the thing is, if you included a little bit of like organ meats and slow cooked meats, guess what? You probably wouldn't have to eat a lot of meat. Yeah. Okay. Because, you know, and, and a lot of people do have problems with that conversion of better carotene to vitamin A. That's the problem. So if, you, if you're relying on getting all your vitamin A, which we need for the stem cells, which means we need it for things like lymphocytes and red blood cells and granulocytes, which is like neutrophils and all these types of things. There's a building block, yeah, okay? 
then, you know, and you've got those conversion issues, okay, well, guess what? You might not be getting enough vitamin A because once again, your body's not just going to keep on producing these things without the building blocks. Yeah, okay. And even things like your neutrophils and all these types where we need things like folate. Yeah, okay. And guess what? Some people have problems because they've got methylation issues. They've got problems converting uh, folate into its more bioavailable form, which is methylfolate. They've got like, you know, uh, like uh, uh, genetic sort of mutations. Yeah, okay. Which they, you know, for me, probably only makes up about 15% of what's probably going to happen to you in your life. Yeah, okay. But those, those can be factors, which means you're probably not getting enough of the building blocks you need for things like the neutrophils and the basophils and the sonophils, which actually help sort of exhibit, which means identify, then engulf and then excrete, get rid of the nasties. Yeah, okay. Mm. My point being, yeah, if I've got a lot of that antibody response taking place, then I'm taxing out my white blood cells. It would be fair to say. Yeah. yeah okay. Because they, they, they've, they've got it, they, they're coming to your aid, correct? Yeah, mm-hmm. okay. And then the, the, the other thing is then you've got to produce anti-inflammatory mediators in response to that, yeah, okay? Which means you've got to produce things like, well, things like histamine, yeah, okay? You've got to produce things like prostaglandins. Prostaglandins, the, the major building blocks for that come from omega-3, Okay, so you've got things like PGE1, PGE2, PGE3. PGE3s come from EPA, which we get from, from omega-3. Yeah, okay, especially things like high-quality fish oil, but good-quality seafood, wild-caught fish and all this type of stuff. You know, um, and so the thing is, if I'm having these pro-inflammatory reactions in the body, which has been caused by this bacterial overgrowth and that, well, would it be fair to say I'm going to need more omega-3? Mm. And what happens if I, what happens, and it's not a case of, I'm not saying to people, you just got to load up an omega-3 and just keep on having these responses, but you're definitely going to need more omega-3 to help you during that process whilst you do what? Whilst you fix the problem. Mm. Does that make sense? I know Absolutely. when I've gone on a bit of a massive rant. No, 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 there, no, okay? it's been, no, it's been perfect. It's been really good. Um, the next question that sort of pops out, um, just kind of following in the groove of what you're saying, and thank you so much for sharing that, um, is this idea around hormesis because I know like already kind of what's going to pop out of this conversation a little bit, but I really want to have a chat to you about there's all good stress, but there's also bad stress on your body. And you've kind of been talking to that already in terms of like taxing too much, but then also there is like, you know, no movement versus some movement versus, you know, yeah. Can we talk a little bit about hormesis? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I guess you're talking more about, cause what I need your listeners to understand as well. And I mean, I've gone through this period myself is where we've sort of demonized stress. Hmm. Yeah. Okay. So we demonize stress and let's, let's clear one thing up. Stress is not a bad thing. Mm. Stress is a good thing. Uh, and then you're getting, you got people who are trying to avoid stress saying like, Oh, like I don't need any stress on the body and so forth. And if I, if I say that we're a little bit like a seesaw. Yep. Yeah. Okay. I, I like to use that sort of analogy. Yeah. Okay. And so we should go through periods when we're eating more food. And when I say eating more food, I'm not talking you going and eating two large pizzas and a six pack of beers. Yeah. Okay. Mm. Like I'm talking about good nourishing food that nourishes your cells, nourishes your mitochondria, nourishes the gut, gives the building blocks, you know, especially things like saturated for the brain, uh, saturated fats for the brain and all these types of things, the building blocks that we need to, to nourish the body. Okay. So you should go through periods where you almost like 
eat to your base metabolic rate or sometimes a little bit above that to give, mm. to give the body the building blocks it needs for things like sex hormones and even your metabolism like things like your thyroid, okay? Yeah. Because, you know, I hate to break the news to people, but guess what? The building blocks for these things are derivatives from food, mm-hmm. yeah, okay? Like it's just that simple, okay? Like there's not a little fairy factory in your body that is like – that is like like producing these things, yeah. Like, like sometimes I've said to people, like, when where do your hormones come from? And they just go, oh, they come from your endocrine glands. And I go, that's just location. That's where they get excreted from. Okay, where they come from is things like fats. They come from cholesterol, yeah. Okay, and they come from peptides. You know, like things like insulin and thyroid. They're peptide hormones, which means they come from amino acids. You look at the thyroid; it comes from tyrosines two tyrosine molecules and iodine and iodine gets extracted from the blood but guess where the iodine comes from comes from our diet yeah okay so yeah the one thing is is um you know like uh people need to 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 sort of realize yeah okay that yeah we need like with stress yeah okay where we can be like taking um a lot from the body yeah okay um and like so if I, if I get back to that analogy of us being a little bit like a seesaw, so we go through periods of needing to eat more food, but I don't dispute, we also need to go through periods where we eat less because it helps with insulin sensitivity, it helps with detoxification, it can rest the digestive system. You know, when you, when you do get, do things like fasting and that helps with a particular gut hormone called modulin, and then modulin actually helps with gut motility so it actually helps with the intestinal churning and so forth and you need to go through that period of fasting and there's many different ways you could do that okay so once again it's that seesaw of like there's benefit from eating more and there's benefit from eating less there's not just benefit from eating less yeah okay and and the same thing with with stress yeah okay there's benefit for us going through periods of stress when it's the right type of stress. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. You know, things like cold therapy, heat therapy. Yeah. Okay. Um, things like training. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Because training is a, is a stress on the body. Mm-hmm. And you know, once, you know, once I cause like cellular damage, yeah. Okay. Then that means the body's got to, cause it, it's, this is a good in, inflammatory response in the body, which means now the body has to repair and recover and so forth. So, yeah, and that means we're sort of raising our homeostasis in the body as well, which means our ability to 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 be more resilient and handle, you know, like if, if that stress response is going to happen, yeah, okay, then I'm in a better position to be able to deal with that stress response. Does that mm. make sense? Because I've, 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 I've applied more stress to the body, yeah, okay? But, and if you look at the sympathetic nervous system state, which a lot of people tend to be a little bit more, uh, you know, they have a lot of, a lot more sympathetic nervous system hyperactivity, yeah, okay, which means they are taking a lot from the body and so forth, yeah, okay, but there are good aspects to that, yeah, okay. Mm. Um, yeah, and, and when we're more in that sympathetic nervous system dominant state, then we elevate our heart rate, we increase perspiration, yeah, okay, we, you know, we uh, increase things like uh, blood pressure and these are all good things so that Your we can actually do this. Yeah, we can actually deal with the stress response, which is a survival mechanism. And then you've got the parasympathetic nervous system, which for me, the big factor there would be uh, things like the vagus nerve, okay, which is part of the enteric nervous system, okay, Um, which is the longest cranial nerve in the body, okay. But um, the parasympathetic nervous system is more rest and digest. Now, 
if I had to say ratio-wise, of course, we should have a lot, a little bit more parasympathetic nervous system activity, okay? Because it's all about repair and recover so that when we face that stress response again, once again, you're because you're rested and you're, you, you've uh, repaired the cells and you've repaired the damage that you've caused to your body. Once again, once again, you're in a better position to deal with the, your, your, your stress resilience is better. Does mm. that make sense? Yeah. Okay. Absolutely. So, so the, the whole thing is um, if we look at that sort of you stress, which is like your good stresses. Yeah. Okay. And then your distress. But I also want people to understand is that sometimes good stresses, uh, things like fasting and sometimes training, when you've got a lot of distress on the body, guess what? They could just be adding to your allostatic load, which means so, they're actually yeah. they're, they're actually adding to your stress load. Yeah. Okay. So that's why I always say to people, just understand when is the right time to to use these particular mechanisms and so forth, because guess what? If you're not doing the right training to really what's going on in your body and you, and you start doing, you know, high intensity, uh, um, uh, interval training. Yeah. Okay. Well, guess what? They could actually be adding to your stress load. Yeah. Okay? You're actually because traumatizing got, your body in many ways. Yeah. Because, because you might have, you know, gut dysbiosis and you might have things like SIBO, which means you're, you're already producing excessive amounts of hydrogen ions and, you like you're also potentially producing more lactic acid. Well, guess what? If I start doing that type of training, where you're also producing more hydrogen ions and more lactic acid, and these people normally, after a training session, normally sort of pops up the next day, is they just feel like they've been hit by a Mack truck. Mm -hmm. But but the, the thing is that actually training is a would be classified as a used stress. It's actually a good stress. Yeah, okay. But in that instance, now it's actually a distress on the body. Mm. yeah okay and same thing if i'm malnourished and i'm not getting enough macromolecules and micronutrients because i'm already only having one meal a day and i'm highly stressed and then i go i'm going to fast i'm going to do intermittent fasting which by the way is actually really good for your secretory iga levels and all that if you reuse it in the right way but now you're already malnourished and now you're applying fasting which is which is a use stress but it's going to apply distress to the body Mm. This was something massive that I walked out with uh, on the back of our consultation as well when uh, I came in with you uh, a little while ago now. Um, but it was uh, a, a, an idea that's basically dropped in for me. And that was actually kind of the seed for this question, this idea around hormesis, because I've gone back to the gym after taking a couple of years off and I was training all day, every day for like about um, nine years. I'd spend hours in the gym every day and just like absolutely, if it wasn't sore, I hadn't worked it out, you know, and it was a real uh, backwards way of being with my body and now I'm going into the gym and only like committing to that 10-15 minutes of strength working out um, but really like focusing on the fact that when I leave I leave energized I live in a place where I don't feel destroyed I feel like I went I moved I've, I did something strong and like definitely you know there was a response um, definitely had you know like perspiration that sort of stuff but I'm not committing to the absolute slogs um, knowing that you know it's about consistently coming back um, every other day and having the energy and having the body go through the process that it can withstand and let, allowing it to be a good stress. Um, and that kind of bleeds into my next question, which is working on that consistently, like having a, a you know, this is your seesaw that you were describing with good stress. Um, like yep. 
the seesaw has a plane, you know, and that plane kind of, is there an opportunity? And I kind of see it this way at the moment. And I'm, I'm really hoping to learn something here is about longevity, you know, your relationship with stress and sort of coming into a good balance with that and how you can sort of plane that out a little bit further with like, you know, consistently introducing long, like tools to longevity in your life. Yeah. I mean, yeah, look, look for me, Look, I, look, I come up with a sort of terminology of like uh, um, you've got to eat to your stress levels. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the only reason I bring that up because if I'm stressed out all the time, yeah, okay, mm. then there's a huge amount of evidence to say that I'm going to need more things like amino acids, more things like lipids, more micronutrients and so on. And so if I don't want to do anything to mitigate that stress load, well, then guess what? I am going to continue to take from the body. Does that make sense? Absolutely. Um, and, the, and the negative can be in that instance is that, you know, the, the answer is not always just give the body more food to deal with the stress and I just keep on upping my, my stress load because now potentially because I'm having to eat a lot of food, uh, um, you know, higher quantities and because nutrient density is just not like it used to be. So, there's a good argument to say that even if you eat good organic food, good quality food, that you're just not going to get a lot of the, the same micronutrients and macromolecules and all these types of stuff. So there's more evidence to say that because that's the case that we probably need to eat a little bit more to get a lot of the things that we need out of food. So, you know, by no means am I saying that the answer to, to, to help with stress load is for you just to constantly eat more food so that you can still be stressed out all the time, but you can handle it better because you're getting a lot of the, the nutrients that you require. <laughs> yeah. I think short term, that's short term, you know, just to, to stop a leaky boat, that can definitely help. Yeah. Okay. Then you're dumping but, your digestion system yeah, a lot as yeah, well. Yeah. But you, you are, you are putting a lot of pressure on your gastrointestinal tract. You know, some, some instances, you know, people to get body composition results and that they might be consuming you know, 500 grams of sweet potato or something like that. And you just got to, you got to have, you, you need to understand is that that's a huge amount of fermentation taking place in the, in the, in the, in the digestive system. Yeah. yeah okay. Uh, and that's, it's, it, it can really stress, stress out the digestive system. You know what I mean? So, mm. you know, if we, you know, I'm, I'm big on longevity and I'm, 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 you know, I'm fascinated with a lot of the blue zone areas and so forth. And, I think I might have told you, Amrit, but, you know, last year we actually did our first retreat to a blue zone area and we actually went to Sardinia yep. um, and where they've actually got some of the highest, you know, longevity uh, statistics in the world. Now, they've got centurions living there. <laughs> yeah, especially for men. So their actual longevity through men is, <clears throat> is amazing. I think it's more to do with the, 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 the balance of their androgen hormones, especially things like, their DHEA levels and their testosterone and, you know, and, and, and next year we're going to actually do a tour to Okinawa where, where they've actually got the highest percentage of, I think it's 80% of the elderly live independently in Okinawa. Yeah, okay. And, you know, um, a, a lot of people are trying to find that formula and, uh, you know, I've heard people talk about, you know, that they, they consume a lot more uh, vegetable matter um, and, you know, you know, you look at and, and you, you look at somewhere well, like Okinawa. They actually, uh, they, I think they consume a little bit more soy than uh, mainland Japan. Yeah, okay. But once again, I would say that comes down to a lot to do with quality. Yeah, okay. Yeah. 
you know, uh, but they they also consume a lot more yellow and green vegetables than sort of like mainland Japan. Yeah, okay, so you know we can look at their nutrition. Yeah, okay, but then guess what? They actually do eat animal matter as well. Mm-hmm. Okay, so actually in Okinawa they consume a lot of uh, shellfish. So they consume a lot of things like uh, crustaceans, like crab and uh, and prawns and sort of crayfish and and these have a lot because the, the pink color of their their shells and so forth. They've got a thing, uh, um, a very powerful antioxidant in them called astaxanthin, which you actually get from like pink algae and so forth. Yeah, okay. So, and at some point for me in our evolution, you know, for us to sit there and like try and consume a truckload of like pink algae is is quite hard on the digestive system. So we just thought, well, actually they're they're assimilating and they're 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 dealing with the algae we'll just we'll just eat them to to get that nourishment okay um because things like you know powerful uh, antioxidants like astaxanthin are actually you know the I, I can't remember the the stats exactly but super more powerful than things like vitamin c like more powerful than things like uh, coenzyme q10 yeah okay so you know super powerful antioxidants and they actually do also consume uh, a little bit more like pork as well, yeah, okay. Especially considering the blue zone areas more up in the mountain part of like Okinawa, okay. Um, so they're con- consuming more pork where they actually get a lot of thiamine, like a lot of B one, yeah, okay. That actually helps with things like estrogen clearance, but helps with aspects of the brain as well. So the point being is that I don't like really to sit there and look at their food, yeah, okay. Because mm-hmm. in you know what in Sardinia I'll start talking and guess what they eat uh things like wheat every day <laughs> okay and that you know you know you know my thoughts on wheat yeah okay because yeah. we're you know the the quality of the wheat that we're consuming here has really high concentrations of of uh gluten like higher than the tritium durum wheat that they're actually consuming in uh places yeah. like sardinia you know the 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 wheat is refined here yeah okay then it's also got things like weed killer like like Roundup, yeah, okay, mm-hmm. and there's there's about five different responses that you can actually have to the wheat fractions in wheat. Five different responses, and guess what? Three of those responses aren't digestive. One of them is autoimmune, okay, mm-hmm. which is actually to do with thing called uh, gliden uh, transglutaminase complex, yeah, okay, and that's actually where you get like autoimmune responses and so mm-hmm. forth. So maybe that might be things like ulcerative colitis and Crohn's disease and all these types of things. Then another one is transglutaminase 3, which actually affects the brain. So people get things like headaches and migraines and also affects the placenta. Yeah, okay. Um, and then you've got transglutaminase 6, which actually affects the central nervous system. So these people might, and, and the brain as well. So these people get more agitated on edge. So, you know, but people are just focusing on those digestive uh, problems like glutamorphin and so forth, where you get bloating and all that. But understand there's, there's, there's sort of only like two sort of responses where you get those sort of gastrointestinal responses and actually, actually the other three are more related to the brain. Do mm. you know what I mean? So, so you know, that's, that's a complex beast. But, you know, in Sardinia, they're having sourdough that has a higher concentration of things like lactobacillus. Guess what? 93% of all Sardinians consume dairy every single day, which flies in the face of what they say about dairy, okay? Because for me, it's not to do with the, you know, like the demonization of food needs to stop. People mm. sitting there and saying meat is bad for you needs to stop. 
Meat is good for you if it comes from the right sources. If you change its molecular structure, guess what? It's not good for you. But if you eat fruit, which has been sprayed with, you know, uh, insecticide and pesticide and so forth, guess what? The fruit, you're changing the fruit's immune system because the fruit perceives it doesn't have to produce the phytonutrients, yeah, like resveratrol and anthocyanins and all these types of things, okay, because they're part of the fruit's immune system because it doesn't need them, okay? And then the person's eating the, this fruit going, I'm getting all these amazing phytonutrients, and I'm just saying, well, most likely not, okay? Yeah. And, then, and, then, and then we're demonizing meat, and, but I'm just saying don't demonize food. It's actually the processes that we're, that we're going through. through. Yeah, and in these blue zone areas, guess what? They, they, don't, don't, have they, 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 they don't have those. But yeah. like we're, we're, focusing, we're focusing on real anomalies going, oh, they eat more eggplant or they eat, like I'm just going, like don't focus on that <laughs> their stuff. Their eggplant is the, not your eggplant, yeah. Yeah, they're like the quality <laughs> of their food. They eat some animal proteins, but the quality of the animal protein they eat is, 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 is way better. And guess what? Because they, they've got strong community bonds, yeah. Um, yeah. This so that means they're producing a lot. The next part of the conversation with you, actually. Um, I just wanted yeah, okay. to just wanted to quickly one. Sorry, when I went on a bit. Of a <laughs> no, 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 no. You're perfect. That's perfect. <laughs> anyway, I just wanted to anchor this yeah. into the listeners as well. What you're just sharing about the food as well is something I had a direct relate, like di- direct experience of um, in Estonia. So they've got they're completely wild um, for like they've mm. got forest for I think it's eighty percent of the country is just pure forest. There's bears and wild berries. They had these blueberries, right? And they're tiny. They're like the size of the little bits of the blackberries. And I'm eating these. I ate them one day, right? Maybe at about 200 grams of them. I couldn't get the pigmentation, the color out of my hand for five days afterwards. Mm. Yeah. And so that was yeah. like the conversation you and I had about, yeah, there's organic, but then there's like wild. And it was like, yeah, right. So I totally mm. understood what like wild food is. And like thinking about the blueberries that I've been eating, I've never had any stains in my hand. Like there's no, that richness, that depth of the food and like, the, the pigments and everything that's in there is just missing. Um, yeah. And even, even, the, even Amrit with things like, you know, dairy. And I, like, as I said, I, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to defend food here. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Because, you know, we, 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 we've got to a point where we're so confused. We're scared of food. Yeah. Okay. And we say, you know, things like dairy or oh, dairy is really bad. Well, how come in, in Sardinia where they're consuming a lot of goat's products and sheep's products, they've got such amazing longevity, yeah, okay? Yes. You know, because there's things like glucose lingolipids, there's immunoglobulins, there's building blocks that we, that we actually, like Wolzen factor that you get out of butter that actually helps to drive calcium into your bones that so actually helps with bone density. So there's all these amazing compounds that we actually, you know, vitamin K. Vitamin K is... It's crazy high in good quality dairy, yeah, okay? And guess what? That could actually be a reason that a lot of people have got problems with things like vitamin D and bone density because they don't get enough for the other building blocks like vitamin A and vitamin K. It's not Mm. as simple as you just ramping up your vitamin D supplementation, okay? Because before you do that, you better make sure you've got enough vitamin A and vitamin K, yeah, okay? So there's all these amazing uh, compounds out of raw, raw butter, raw milk, yeah, raw cream. Yeah, okay. But as soon as I have pasteurized, well, guess what? Yeah, okay. Because dairy has uh, things like lactose, it's got glucose molecules and so forth. So as soon as it's pasteurized, doesn't it doesn't contain what? It doesn't contain lactose. Mm. So when I consume it, guess what it's going to do in my gut? That's like cement in your gut. Okay, which means it's going to sit there and ferment. And what types of issues is it going to encourage? 
things like SIBO, like small intestinal bacterial mm-hmm. overgrowth. Somewhere okay. where you were going in the conversation before was talking about community bonds. And that's really what yeah. I wanted to talk about as well in terms of these places where, you know, we talk about longevity as well. Um, you know, I really, really value that. Like you were talking about how they have like family ties, communities and stuff like that also around their culture, around food, but also their family, their social dynamics. And how does that play into longevity in some of these parts? Yeah, well, we know, I mean, you know, I always like to go into the biochemical yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, but, yeah, absolutely. you know, if, if we look at the, 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 the biochemical reactions that might happen when you consume food. I'm not, don't, don't worry, listeners, I'm not going to go into every single reaction that takes place. But let's it could, just say, <laughs> yeah, okay. Let's just say there is biochemical reactions that take place when I eat food that nourishes, um, you know, nourishes the, the, the mucosal cells in my gut and all these types of things. So there's these biochemical reactions that take place. Or when I do an ice bath, yeah, okay, there's a biochemical reaction that takes place, yeah. So when I expose myself to extreme heat or extreme cold, yeah, okay, there's these biochemical reactions that take place. And just as if I if I diaphragmatic breathe, there's a biochemical reaction that takes place. The one thing that I know for sure, yeah, okay, is if you do these things in community uh, environments, yeah, and community bonds, yeah, that the biochemical response is greater. Like that, Do you no, hear it's, that? It's, it's, just, <laughs> <laughs> okay? it's, it's, it's for sure. Okay? We know community is one of the, the strongest aspects for things like brain-derived neurotrophic factor, which actually helps with repairing the synapses. I think on the last podcast I mentioned it briefly, okay, helping with the formation of new uh, like brain cells, yeah, okay? Um, and people talk about D- BDNF when it comes to fasting, Mm-hmm. And there's other aspects that help with BDNF as well. Yeah, okay. Um, but for me, community actually has one of the biggest responses when it actually comes to this particular protein molecule. Yeah, okay. And if I'm in this these community bonds, well, guess what? I'm probably hugging people more often, <laughs> which means I'm gonna, you know. <laughs> uh, Trust me, Amrit, back in the day, I wouldn't have been a hugger. Yeah, okay? but, but you had to do it for your health. <laughs> but, but exactly, okay? But the whole thing is, and, you know, like at Fifth Element, when we do things like breathing sessions and cold therapy, we definitely get people to, to hug a stranger, okay? Because yeah. now you release more oxytocin, yeah, okay? The one thing I'd say that can sort of uh, compete from that perspective is actually just doing meditation because we know meditation, especially like metacognition and that, that can actually really ramp up your oxytocin release. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. And then oxytocin is just an anti-stress compound. Well, actually look at it, you know, when, when females, are, you know, uh, in labor, yeah. Okay. They actually produce more oxytocin. Now why to actually help with the labor. So it eases the labor. Yeah. Okay. And the only thing that can impede on oxytocin is, in, is when you ramp up your catecholamines like your stress hormones again, okay, because the stress hormones will impede on the oxytocin. So I could say the same thing about me being in that community bond, okay, where I'm hugging people and then someone comes in and just ruins the whole atmosphere, yeah, okay? <laughs> okay, because now I might be, now I'm going to produce more stress hormones and that's going to counteract a little bit of the oxytocin release and so forth. but. Also, you, you produce p- particular things like interferon uh, nuclear factor, which is actually like I'm laughing more. 
Exactly. Okay, which is you sort spend of, a lot of <laughs> waiting for this. <laughs> yeah, okay, because you, you, yeah. you, you laugh more. And so once again, it comes down to now I'm producing, now I'm, I'm more of these positive emotions, yeah, okay, mm-hmm. which means now guess what I'm also going to help with? Well, I'm actually going to help with the gut lining as well, aren't I? <laughs> okay, because now I'm helping with that secretory IGA. In turn, I'm helping with my immune system. But guess what? In turn, I'm not taking as much nutrients from the body. Yeah, okay, because we know when I'm more stressed, the body wants more nutrients. Like we just know that. Yeah, okay. The two biggest factors for actually nutrient depletion, okay, because we always go energy in, energy out. That's, you know, that's one factor. Yeah, having maybe a higher lean muscle mass means you might need a little bit more fuel for the muscle, for the cells in the muscle and so forth. Okay. But, you know, the fact that we don't take into account is stress. Okay. Mm-hmm. The other factor we don't take into account is the brain. Okay, because the brain is greedy. Okay, so the more stressed out I am, guess what? Probably going to need more nutrients to actually sustain the brain. Yeah, okay. But also, if I'm studying a lot and researching and so forth, like, would it be fair to say that the brain is, yeah, like, you know, they say, what's the stat? Like 750 calories, the brain will demand in a moderately stressed, like on a moderately stressful day. 750 calories is actually close to two meals for most people. Mm. yeah okay so you know if i'm in those strong community bonds i'm producing a lot of these anti-stress compounds like even more things like acetylcholine and acetylcholine is excitatory in the brain which means it actually helps with you know short-term to long-term memory and all these types of things but it's inhibitory in the cardiovascular system which guess guess what means it actually helps to ramp down things like my blood pressure and my heart rate and all these types of things yeah okay so better for the cardiovascular system and and also it actually also helps with things like muscle contraction as well but guess what acetylcholine is the gateway to the parasympathetic nervous system okay because it actually helps with the vagus nerves okay so it actually helps with rest and digest yeah okay and then there's there's other things that you produce you 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 like you produce more anti-stress compounds like vasopressin yeah okay and vasopressin is an anti-diuretic hormone i was speaking to someone about this the other day vasopressin you're going to produce more when you're drinking truckloads of alcohol okay because it's an antidiuretic hormone but guess what vasopressin actually helps with mental clarity in the brain okay so if i'm drinking alcohol all the time well guess what that's impeding on me having this good clarity in the brain and functioning better i'm not telling people never to drink alcohol but i'm just saying if you're doing that on a regular basis it's probably going to affect how you handle stress and the mental clarity in the brain as well and things like prolactin okay prolactin is another you know if you look up wikipedia it's just going to say that it actually helps with lactation and milk production and all that but guess what prolactin actually helps with balancing out electrolytes in the brain okay things like chloride and uh and 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 sodium and um, all these types of things okay so um so it actually helped once again it actually helps with brain function okay we know a lot of people can have problems with prolactin especially when they're um maybe going through high stress periods and so forth. Because if my prolactin levels are, you know, ramped up and through the roof, then that could actually be a sign that I've burnt out my dopamine receptors. Mm. Yeah, okay. So like being in these strong community bonds means I'm producing a lot more of these sort of anti-stress compounds and, and so forth. Like, like for sure, because you're, you're also, they also have a, a sense of purpose as well. Yo. <laughs> yeah, okay. Like they have a sense of purpose. Yeah. Okay. Now for us, that might be simple. Okay. But a lot of them, especially in Sardinia, they're working the land until they're about 80 years old. 
That's yep. purpose. Okay, yep. a lot of the time when we get old, you know, and we retire, guess what? Now we've lost our identity. We've lost our purpose. Would it be mm-hmm. fair to say that's going to affect your biochemistry? Of course mm-hmm. it is. Yeah, okay, because you don't know where you, you know, you don't know where you stand anymore. And then when people get really old, then we put them in nursing homes where, unfortunately, they're surrounded by who? They're surrounded by other elderly people. Now, I'm not saying that in a bad way, okay? They're passing as well, okay? It really, you know, these types of things have really made me think because we're taking away from elderly people doing really what I think is like their major purpose, which is to pass on their experience. Passed on the wisdom. And their wisdom to the young people. Which yeah. guess what? Sometimes parents don't have the capability to do that all the time. I mean, my experience with my grandparents was amazing. Like I can't imagine my childhood without my grandparents. Mm. Okay, because they were a vital ingredient to to shaping me as a person today. Yeah. Okay, and I remember like I spent so much of my childhood with my grandparents. And as we as as, as modern society evolves, that's becoming less and less and less. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And and then guess what? In places like Okinawa and Sardinia and so forth, that's strong, not the case. Super yeah, okay? strong. Because yeah, because they 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 they've got greater purpose, and also they've got greater self care because they put good things in their body. And guess what? You know what parents don't want to do um, when they're probably bringing up kids is look after more kids. Okay. <laughs> so if we've got people who aren't looking after their body and they've got all these. Uh, health conditions they've got gastrointestinal issues they need to take medications all the time they can't feed themselves well it's hard for someone to look after them but also and that's and that's what's forcing us to drive that wedge between mm. those strong community bonds because that's profound. You do, do you understand what it is? So, yeah, so because that we people need to have a greater self-care so when they get to 80 90 guess what they they're independent Mm. And, they're, and they're capable of passing on the knowledge and so forth. I think it goes both ways for me, Emirate. Sure. That's, one thing, that's one thing that I definitely saw in Sardinia. One thing I know from uh, a lot of research on Okinawa, okay, is that basically they're, they're living independently, yeah, okay, especially in Okinawa, okay, which means people don't have to look after them. They, like, they don't have to feed them and all these types of things, which means they're there and they, they're, they're they're, they're looking after themselves, but they're part of the community. They're passing on the knowledge. They're, they're interacting a lot of the time with, with the youth, which keeps them younger. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Like there's nothing, there's nothing more to make you feel young than being surrounded by young people. <laughs> yeah, there's, um, I've been doing a lot of work on mindset recently and just watching like in your environment, if you have a poster of an elderly couple or an elderly person on your wall, you're, you actually get out of your chair slower and you move around your space slower. If you've got a poster of Michael Jordan on the wall, you actively move faster in your space. Science is in. That's fascinating, hey? It's it's just how your brain is responding to the environment you're in. Man, I could shoot this with you all day, every day, and I just want to keep going. (laughs) There's going to have to be another podcast because I'm very conscious of your time. There is something that I uh, wanted to sort of touch on just before we lift is uh, leave some... um, and I know this is kind of going to be um, an interesting one, especially because we don't believe in monotherapy. I know each individual um, coming to see you um, is got its own, you know, bag of tricks going on in there. And I think this is just a space I really want to, you know, I guess take the opportunity to advocate the work that you do. You know, I went and saw David myself and um, it was about an hour and a half, even though um, I only paid for the hour. And this is a testament. <laughs> like. I'm, too, I'm, 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 I'm too passionate about this stuff. So I, just, I, 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 
I love it too much. <laughs> and um, he sort of just went all the way in and explained all the, the responses that I was having. And he, we basically did a blood test and a stool test and all this other stuff that came through. Now, he did the same thing with my partner. And I went and uh, sat in on her consultation as well with her blessings. And she had a completely different bag of tricks going on with her. And as you can see, like just the amount of knowledge that David has just rattling around in his head. Um, for me, and I just want to share this with you on air while I have the opportunity is, you know, physically, mate, like you're fit, you're solid. And I respect what you've done in that space. But just sitting there in a consult with you and then watching my girlfriend go through a consult and just the amount of information in your brain that is readily available to you to speak to the different processes. Obviously, it is your passion, but making yourself physically and mentally available to that and just how well the alchemy of all that dances in the space when you're receiving the information from you, mate, that to me is like, that's what inspires me to come and see you and is a real testament to your work. And I really want to share that with people because yeah, coming along to have a consultation a is, is means a lot, man, it's incredible. But on that note, I wanted to sort of take away because we had some really clear conversations about the fact that our soils are stripped of magnesiums and zinc. There are certain things that, you know, just aren't available to us. Is there something that the listeners can sort of take away? Like, you know, getting a good quality source of magnesium in their diet would definitely be helpful. Zinc definitely energizes. Obviously, there's a balance. I know like each person is individual and that's why I prefaced it with them coming to see you to, to a big Yeah, group. I mean, like it, it you know, it, it, is, it is a really hard question because a, mm. a lot of the time like people want to know like, you know, what's the, what's the magic pill? What's the magic <laughs> formula? Yeah, okay. And, you know, you know me, like I just don't. Yeah, absolutely. It, it, everyone's different. We assimilate yeah. food differently. Okay, we've got different uh, ancestral background. Okay, that means that, you know, our ability to metabolize certain things, even things like lactose and so forth, mm. can range from anywhere from 1% to 95%, depending yep. on your gut environment and your ancestry and all this. So, so um, there's, there's all these, these different factors, yeah, okay, and we have, we have different stress resilience. And that might be based on what's going on in our digestive system and, you know, uh, to do with uh, sometimes even like uh, white blood cells and if we're producing too many basophils, that might affect our stress resilience and all these types of things, yeah, okay? So the, the fact of the matter is, yeah, okay, we, we are different, yeah, okay? Yep. But the one thing I would say, yeah, okay, is that you just, like, you really want to give your body the building blocks that mm. it needs, like, like, I like to go for things that are multifaceted. So yep. I talked about vitamin C, yeah, okay? Well, if I get a, a vitamin C that the body recognizes a lot better, like a natural vitamin C, like a kakadu plum, yeah, okay? And, I, and, and, you know, supplements do serve a purpose in this day and age because like we've talked about, food quality is diminished yep. and, and, and all these types of things. I'm not saying that people need to over-supplement, but they do serve a purpose, yeah, okay? But if I'm giving my body the micronutrients and the macromolecules that it requires, okay, this is going to go a long way into helping many different functions within the body. My brain, yeah, okay, my gastrointestinal health, my immune system, yeah, okay, my, my joints, yeah, my, my bone density, yeah, tendons, ligaments, yeah, okay, because you just want to make sure you're giving your body enough of the building blocks. So it might be vitamin A, so things like cod liver oil, but getting out of your food, like things like organ meats, like liver, yeah, okay, slow-cooked meats, yeah, okay, um, you know, good quality vitamin C foods, like things like guava. And the one thing I'd stress also, Amrit, is 
people don't rotate their foods enough. Yeah, okay. That was what was coming up habit. in my head. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Eat yeah like, like you know, you've heard yeah. me talk about that. You said this, and I didn't realize I eat eight to ten of the same sort of meals all the time. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. And that means you're that means you're exposing your body to the same protein yeah, molecules absolutely. and the same fiber molecules, and you you want a shortcut to actually get digestive issues just eat the same foods over and over again okay okay because it's just causing like an antibody response yeah okay like especially like people just eat eggs every single day they might eat four eggs every day they're a high iga food which means you're going to build up an intolerance to them okay and guess what that's going to cause an antibody response and that's that's going to cause things like cell activation and your body to produce anti-inflammatory mediators, which means once again, you're sort of taking from the body. Okay. Your food sensitivities change every three to four months. Oh. Okay. So, and, and that's really based on us having greater food rotation. And so I'd encourage people to think outside the box, explore, have foods that you, you wouldn't normally have. It doesn't, it's not a case of vitamin C is only found in oranges. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Like, you know, have things like, you know, like taro root, you know, get away from eating things like sweet potato all the time, yeah, okay? Like I encourage people to have more diversity with their food, yeah, okay? You know, um, and once again, like just, you know, uh, you know, even getting things more like B vitamins, yeah, okay? And that might, once again, come out of things like organ meats, but, you know, uh, good green leafy vegetables, things like okra is very high, high in folate yeah okay and once again you're sort of getting off away from just eating broccoli and cauliflower all the time yeah okay um because there's there's these foods that you know are so nutrient dense that we're just not you know and and you know i was speaking to someone about like even we should start to eat a lot more foods that naturally grew in australia as well yeah okay because i'm a big advocate of that sort of stuff because you know unfortunately we're having to 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 use more water to sustain foods that actually were not actually meant to grow yep. in the, the 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 soil that Australia has to provide, which is not massively nutrient dense to start off with. Yeah, okay. Mm-hmm. So we're having to 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 add a lot of these nutrients into the soil and and actually cultivate foods that weren't really meant to grow there. Yeah, okay. So you know, um, yeah, I encourage people to get these building blocks. Wicked. That we know. No, I'm, I'm sorry, I don't have like a. No, 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 no. I think, really, no, I think it, that is the formula. I think that's perfect, yeah. brother. I think the mission is for those listening in over the next week, find three new meals to consume. Boom, you know, like mm. mix it up, mix up your diet, find a great source, and, and maybe three three new meals that you've never had before. Um, and if you can, like you said, you know, throw in something different that you know. And, 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 and throw in something like, like organ meats. Organ I know, like people are going to, yeah. you know, people going to screw up their nose and they, but that's social conditioning, Amrit. Yeah, absolutely. That's social conditioning. <laughs> yeah, okay. Like people just go, oh, that's not right. But guess what? Back in the day, like, the, you know, the Aboriginals, when they killed someone like a kangaroo, the first things that they would go for would be the internal organs. Mm. Okay. What part, what part of the kangaroo would they um, eat when it comes to sort of like the meat? And that would be the tail. Why? Because it's got a higher amount of fat there. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. But they wouldn't be eating like the, the drumstick. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> the, you know, the, like the lean bit. Okay. They, they, they went to things that had the highest nutrient density. Yeah. Okay. Because you look at even things like brain, people are going to screw up their nose on that, but brain is very high in DHA. It's a mm. key essential omega three. Yeah. Okay. That you even need for things like your eyes, but, you know, uh, you, you need for, for brain health and even things like phosphatidylserine, which helps your ability to handle stress, okay? Mm. Um, so, yeah, so 
you know, and if we ate more of these things, guess what? We probably wouldn't be asking so much when it comes to animal proteins and so forth to sustain us during periods of extreme stress and all that. Because the one thing I'll, you know, I like listeners to understand is we're more the hunter than ever before. Yep. We're more, we're more, you know, the hunter than ever before. Now, would it be fair to say if we're hunting all the time that we need more energy, we, we need more nutrients? Calories, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah okay. Like, and, and, and that means we need more calories, which means we're putting more pressure on that and the nutrient density isn't very great. Okay, that's another problem. And guess what? We're having to eat, you know, huge amounts of food to give us the, the, the energy to deal with the stress and deal with that hunter mentality, okay, yeah. which might be putting a lot of pressure on the gastrointestinal tract with that. Yeah. Mm, perfect. But, you know, do, putting, th- putting in place things to, to, to mitigate the stress response is vital as well, like things like metacognition, yeah, okay, which means you're producing more gamma waves. That's going to help with the pineal gland. You know, uh, inhibit a thing called monoamine oxidase, which means we produce more things like melatonin, produce more things like dimethyltryptamine, which helps with the subconscious and all that sort of stuff. You know, restorative yoga, yeah, okay. Um, Cold, like as even cold therapy, because cold therapy does actually help with mitochondrial density, yeah, okay. Um, You know, in cold therapy, you know, even helps with aspects of the brain like norepinephrine. So it actually helps with focus and concentration. And guess what? Cold therapy reduces the inflammatory load in the body as yeah, well. Big so way. It brings it brings down pro-inflammatory activity, which means the body perceives it doesn't need to produce anti-inflammatory mediators in response to that, which means it just brings down inflammatory load. Now, if I bring down inflammatory load, guess what? I'm not asking. As You're much available to do a anymore. whole bunch of other things that you should be doing. Exactly, exactly. And I'm not taxing the body with all these anti-inflammatory mediators and so mm. forth. I'm not putting so much stress on omega-3 and all these types of things. So, you know, you start um, uh, putting some of these stress management uh, procedures in place and, and guess what? That means when you put the nutrients in and so forth, then you're utilising it more efficiently and you're getting the most out of it yeah amazing so that's going to go in the pro forma to all the corporate companies that are now coach meditation to. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah always, man. yeah like know. those those types of things like when it comes to enteric nervous system which is communication between the, the gut and the brain and the vagus nerve you know yeah. there's there, there's meditation there's yoga like restorative yoga okay there's cold therapy uh, and even diaphragmatic breathing. Yeah, like they're like the big four that actually help with both those aspects, which, as I said, that's to do with things like parasympathetic nervous system and autonomic nervous system. Yeah, amazing. Yeah, like I can tell you a whole heap of micronutrients like B vitamins, and I could do that, but without me seeing every single person, that's hard. Like people can implement the, those big four things straight away. Done. Yeah. Man, I want to really, really, really thank you again for taking the time out and cutting the energy and uh, being here today and really sharing um, so effortlessly and just so much energy that goes into just, you know, you know, just 
I really want to thank you for being here today. And like in a big way, also not just for today, you know, just like all the energy that goes into doing all the research behind the scenes. I know how much of your heart and your soul you pour into like researching bloods, researching stool, which, you know, isn't necessarily the most flattering thing to be doing <laughs> with your time. But um, I, I love it though. Yeah, exactly. So I'm just really <laughs> grateful that you exist. <laughs> um, so yeah, man, just really, really grateful for everything that you do. And just as always, wishing you all the best for the upcoming year you know solid start to 2019 that you've already had and wishing you all the best for everything that's coming up this year brother yeah thanks thanks for having me i mean it's an absolute pleasure being on the podcast again and you know like thank you for spreading the word you know what i mean like uh if it wasn't for people like you um we wouldn't be getting out the the, the message to the masses do you know what i mean and uh, i know like you do really amazing work in teaching people about you know, uh, more positive emotions and tapping into, uh, you know, that headspace and things like meditation. So just keep on doing what you're doing as well. Um, you know, like if there's more and more people doing this stuff, then the, you know, the, the ripple effect is just going to be pretty phenomenal. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, uh, the, the, I've actually, uh, I think I might've told you last year, I actually went away and, July actually I actually wrote a book um and it's actually got a lot of these aspects um that there is no such thing as a monotherapy and you need Mm -hmm. to abide you need to look at all these different aspects um because I've seen it I've seen it too many times and I've seen the people that adopt multiple things like cold therapy heat therapy they fix their gut they look at their emotions they meditate and these are the people that just feel amazing and they're just getting the most out of their life yeah Absolutely. And for those wanting to tune in with David, um, I think, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, the best place is the Fifth Element uh, Wellness website. Um, Yep. It's an amazing resource unto itself. Um, But then obviously, you know, you can tune in and book a console and get find out more about what's going on there. Um, and yeah, like, uh, almost at the, giving you the hug of death here, but Dave is accessible. <laughs> so you can just shoot him an email and, uh, he usually yeah. is pretty onto it with his responses as well. Yeah. Not all the time, but I try. <laughs> I try. I try. Thanks. Yeah. Thank, thanks a lot for having me, Amrit. Absolute pleasure. Thanks guys. Hey tribe, thanks for tuning in to another fun, enlightening episode of the Inspired Evolution. I've been loving all the feedback and personal stories of love, uh, health and growth. Your feedback and stories are incredibly welcome. The easiest way to connect with me is via my website, which is www.amrit-sandu.com. You can leave me a message or a comment. It's one of my highest values to connect, so I love to connect and love to hear from you. You can also find me on Facebook, Amrit Sandu. And if the content has been resonating with you, you can help the Inspired Evolution out in a big way by liking the YouTube channel, subscribing to the Inspired Evolution, or the Facebook page, like that please, at the Inspired Evolution, or by leaving a review on iTunes if you're on an Apple device. And also, if the Inspired Evolution episodes are inspiring an evolution within you, or you can feel the inspiration is valuable for your team to evolve to the next level, you can head on over to www.amrit-sandu.com to see how the Inspired Evolution can help you and your team thrive. Much love, tribe. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 